friends, it's Trevor, it's Avery, it's Pat, it's the Citywide Special. The Eagles get crushed by the 49ers, 42-19. Howie Roseman responds to the team's linebacker issues with the signing of Shaq Leonard. What can we expect from the veteran? And could more reinforcements be on the way? The Birds move on to another pivotal matchup against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. Joel Embiid scores 50 points in a win over the Wizards that also sees the long-awaited return of Kelly Oubre. With the team finally healthy, can they take advantage of a weak upcoming schedule? The Sixers face the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. The Flyers continue to be kind of good, winning back-to-back games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Tyson Forster scores four goals in their last three games. Can the Orange and Black keep it going? The Flyers face the Avalanche on Saturday. The Phillies sign manager Rob Thompson to an extension. The deal will keep Topper in red pinstripes through the 2025 season. What else can we expect from the offseason? All that more coming up right now. How's it going, fellas? Good to be back. Always good to have the gang all fully back together and healed up. I think uh, this last week was a little rough on everybody health-wise, but we're feeling better. I got my voice back. I'm feeling good. Had to sit out of that atrocious game. I wasn't the only person, I guess, uh, sitting out that game uh, this Sunday for the San Fran game, but feeling better, happy to be back. Yeah, feel no pain. COVID, <laughs> I won. You, you did not defeat me. Um, yeah, shout out to Dave Kiss, man. Dave Kiss filled in admirably. He killed it, but uh, I'm back, ready to, uh, you know, hang out with y'all for a couple hours, pretend like we like each other, and uh, talk about our sports teams also have some bones to pick with y'all about last week's episode yeah, okay. which we will get to throughout <laughs> throughout this episode but uh i'm trying to think I was it's like, good to be back <clears throat> i didn't do nothing nothing well you're back to you brought the table yeah, down I'm back yeah, on table, on table duty. duty i'm uh you know progressing towards normalcy Everybody the, return watch out. Norm- the return to normalcy is coming again Yo, was that wait? Who is that again? That's Warren G. Harden. Warren G. Yeah. Harden. He's become the official <laughs> okay. president of the city. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, dude. I think because the the um, Republican debate or whatever was oh, the yeah. other night, which I didn't, night, I didn't I watch. Oh, I haven't watched. I any never of them. know when they're on, but um, apparently, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Ron DeSantis. They said I don't know if this was during the debate or he has mentioned this some other time, but he said that like his favorite president is Calvin Coolidge. It's <laughs> <laughs> like who the fuck's favorite president? Is Calvin? He was like terrible. He was one of the main. Uh, Great Depression guys, I don't know. Well, why would anyone like? I, I don't really know yeah. a whole lot about. Of course, him. it would be his favorite. Like, of course, it's Ron DeSantis' favorite yeah, president. Yeah. He's like a fringe guy president. Like, it's not even like a legitimate yeah. president. It, it, like he tried. Like, yeah, he's he'd be a guy that tries to have some stupid, like, clever answer like that. Like, if it was Trump, it'd just be like George Washington, yeah. Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln yeah. and me, the three Thomas best Jefferson. ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course, it's a uh, Coolidge. But whatever, good for him. The dude can't smile, can't really communicate. He got roasted too by Gavin Newsom like a couple of days ago. Too, oh, for real? Saw, oh, yeah. They had a. I don't know why I they were. They had some stupid, yeah, they I don't know why they Gavin debated. Newsom. But dude, Newsom just fucking roasted his ass, and all that DeSantis did was sit there and like do his weird like. He's like not so smile, not smile. Made for the spotlight. He's at not all. charismatic at He's all. Not, he he like he should just stay in the swamp. Yeah, I think we were talking about him before on one episode, but like I just keep thinking about he he looks like an alien who's like trying to mimic like human <laughs> like. It's like that. Uh, it's like the Men in Black movie. body language. Yeah, like when the beetle just takes over yeah. the body. or like yeah. the uh, like the cone heads. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's yeah. one of the cone heads. Ace? Dude, and his voice is just so not motivating. It's so yeah. demotivating just hearing him say anything. Just yeah, sounds like he, a little... he can't give like a rousing speech for sure. He's he also looks like he's cr- like about to cry every time he talks, or like he's the kind of person that like if you're like a talking shit to would just start to tear up. You're like, all right, I thought we were like messing around here. Like it's all good. He just gets all sad, which is very weird. I don't know. I... Isn't he really short too and insecure about it? Yeah, he wears like yeah, heels. yeah, right. He has to wear yeah. shoes with like three inch soles. At that point, just do what everybody else does. That's short and like just have the little box behind the podium. That's all right. It's done. It's been done before. People do it. Walking out there wearing really (laughs) thick shoes looking like a weirdo. Dude, also one of the lines of the night, just just from seeing on, you know, making the rounds on social media, there's this video of, uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah. Saying that, uh, because they're talking about, you know, the evils of TikTok. Oh, yeah. a Chinese company Oh, I did see this. And she says, uh, for every, and she's saying this, like, as if she's (laughs) citing some study that she read or something. And she says, uh. For every half hour that someone spends on Tic Tac, they become 17% more anti-Semitic. <laughs> 17 percent it's like how do you where did you come up with that you number also like i mean very that, exact yeah i mean if that, were, if, that, if that were the case i probably would have reached 100 percent anti-semitism a few weeks ago i would think yeah the house easy to start, waste time on your there. home decor is looking a lot different we walk in like yeah. damn trevor what the fuck oh it's tiktok again it's i'm like, sorry oh, yeah it's yeah. just it's the apps i'm sorry <laughs> I I, i'm not trying to do this it's, it's not just, me it's tiktok it's chinese information warfare <laughs> yeah i can make great recipes in 30 minutes and yeah i'm very the recipes. <laughs> dude tiktok is funny like i don't like i have i just have our account on there and i don't really like follow anyone so like the for you page is just like whatever is like the most popular <laughs> things on there and oh, it's really just, yeah I, I guess that's how it works i don't know what else the algorithm is pulling from but like it'll be like uh lots of like you know like cop body cam foot, oh, like weird shit like that and then like, really? but then there's the other side where it's also like this guy uh schools this cop which pulls him over and just like it's like here's this guy that knows how to say like i don't consent to searches oh, knows all like, the random lo- all yeah. the random laws yeah 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 <laughs> cracks the window down this much the recipes like, are funny too i do get kind of entranced in those i feel like there's a lot of them though where it, it starts off looking pretty good mm-hmm. and then it's like and then we're gonna dump a mountain of cheese onto this, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, dude, that's so much cheese. Is that where you got your like mac every... and cheese recipe? No, uh, that was from YouTube. Oh, Oof. okay. Well, that's <laughs> that where you went wrong. That one, yeah, I, yeah I, was, I was, you know, you should have been on TikTok, man. Probably would have turned out better. They always suck me when they start chopping up the onions, though, and you hear that. I'm like, oh, you got me now with it. Now I'm intrigued. I got to see it hits the pan, makes a little sizzle. You're like, all right, I see it. Yeah, you got to have sautéed onions and garlic, a little mise en place. You know what I'm saying? Anytime I see that. I'm in. That you probably got me. smells I'm good. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Put some, put some beef or some chicken in there. Mm. All right. Now we're talking. Now we're cooking. Cooking with gas. Yeah. Damn. I guess that's probably was that a topic that came up in the Republican debates cooking? that the liberals want to take uh, our, our gas know. from us. Maybe uh, I know Vi- <laughs> the Vivek, whatever his name is, Ramaswamy. Yeah, he came at Chris Christie though. They were talking about foreign policy. He was like, "Your extended foreign policy is you shut down the bridge." Uh, for whatever that one time, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> Damn, he's an asshole. Chrissy told him to shut the hell up. They're just, it's R- like really a, on stage. He said, yeah, "Shut the he hell was like, up." Just shut debate. the hell up. Yeah, it was. Oh man, they're just spiraling out of control. Uh, but that's the Republican Party. Yeah, we're not a debate. political podcast. Yeah, we're not doing that. But so that happened last night. But 
Yeah, I guess one of the things, yeah, Trevor, I was curious about this. Your mac and cheese, you said there was a YouTube recipe. What, what do they call yeah. for? I'm curious. Like, was, I, I'm curious how it went wrong. If, mm. if you can uh, like, remember. Well, I just remember this, the sauce is where it went wrong. Uh, I mean, I, that's like the main thing you have to make, I guess. So yeah. it's like, um, what did you put in them to make the roux? Just, uh, melted like half a stick of butter and then did like, f- uh, like four tablespoons of flour. Too much. Too, too much, much flour. flour and not you know what you need. And then, and then, and then I started putting in like, you're a Velveeta guy, aren't you? Uh, oh. <laughs> and then I just started putting in like the whatever else, like heavy cream and, uh, you needed some milk, dude. Mm. You needed just some straight actual up milk, milk yeah. to, to dilute the heavy cream. That's probably why your shit ended up all consist, yeah, like I mean, sticky with really thick consistency. You needed to water it down like a little like whole milk. Yeah. Just so yeah. it kind of dilutes the, the heavy cream and some of the, the cheese. Because you also said you used what was it the the pre shredded cheese yeah yeah sometimes they'd be adding starch and other shit to that mm. so yeah you, you get always, that chalky cheese you always gotta I always it's annoying but I always be hand grating my cheese yeah 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 and then the other thing yeah hell yeah I put a little Velveeta in there not a lot mm. not a lot but mm-hmm. I'll put a little in what do you mean mm. I'm not about I went over this yeah. I will stick to what uh, kind of cheese you put in yours. Just regular cheddar, sharp, whatever, you know what I mean? But no Velveeta. You just put one cheese? No, multiple cheeses, pepper jack, whatever you need to put in there. But not, I don't don't like the taste of Velveeta. It adds some texture to it. It's something about it. Yeah, but if you make the roux the right way, the sauce could be fine without it. But it happens. I get it. It's a easy, it's a, I understand there's a big Velveeta pulling out there and I'm not knocking that. I just choose to not live that life. All right. We don't yuck other people's yums, but yeah. uh, I'm not. I'm not saying you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah I'm not. To each I'm not own. yucking your yum either. To each his yum. Yeah, Trevor, man. Next time you do that, you gotta add some. You, you, get him some milk. Mm. He needs some milk. Yeah. It sounded like the butter and the flour was the first. Yeah, you, you put had too much. Probably too much flour. Yeah. Half a stick. You might as well throw a whole stick in that thing. You can't go wrong with butter. I fucking love butter. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't love butter? Uh, Hannah. What? <laughs> She's always. I got to make sure she's not in the kitchen when I start putting butter in shit. And she's like, don't put too much butter. I'm like, ah, oh, well, then I'm like. Butter's banging, dude. I love butter. That yeah. Irish cream. Oh, Kerrygold? Oh. Yeah, Kerrygold's That's live, the only thing yo. I use. Mm-hmm. That shit rocks. Oh. But yeah, I guess people that can't consume dairy probably don't like butter. Like, Monica, you're mm. probably listening. As long as you got your hearing back. <laughs> Can you use like, margarine? Let me stop. Let me stop. But no. uh, yeah, if you, you can't eat dairy, I guess you don't like butter. But there's butter replacements you can you can consume. That's tough. Yeah, it gets the job done if you can't eat dairy. But uh, but anyway, yeah, that was one of the things <laughs> I had. I got notes for for pretty yeah. much the he entire kept, pod he last kept week. Receipts. I I listen to the pod when I'm not here, unlike someone. <laughs> but hey, we can move on to. Uh, I review. I don't analyze everything all the time. I did the other day. Today was the first day I actually listened to a full one. I like took notes on the call. But. Yeah, you got to do that, man. You got to come prepared. Got to come correct. But uh, speaking of coming correct, you know who didn't come correct? The Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> we're brutal. Well, Where they were we destined begin? to fall. I mean, I think that uh, there were high expectations to this game. I know that we called. That's why I listened to that last episode of when we called up all the uh, not last, but like it was like one of the first top one of the first ten we did highlighted the overview of the season coming forward. We all predicted us to really 
blow out San Fran. This is before yep. we yep. saw how the season unfolded. We were like, oh, my God, we're going to trash them. The place going to be locked, you know, whatever. And as the season unfolded, I feel like we probably all collectively started to get a little more worried about this San Fran game coming up. Um, a lot of shit talking back and forth the week before. It felt like a playoff game again. Um, another kind of nasty weather game. The team hasn't quite really clicked it into gear. And San Fran came to talk about being, yeah, like you said, prepared. San Fran came and they, you know, I mean, they they got us. They, they every which way. Defensively, they shut us down. Offensively, they could do no wrong. Six straight touchdown drives. Yeah, I mean, nice. that is unreal. Kudos to them. Hats off to them for for beating our ass and all that shit. But the Eagles really have to. Uh, I'm tired of this all. We didn't play the, the state. It reminds me of the Andy Reid era where they're like, I got to oh, do a better job. Yeah. It was all me. Like, obviously, you're not playing to your standard. But, like, fucking someone say something that's a little bit more like, yeah, man, we fucked up. Like, we got to change something up here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the Jalen Hurts mantra. It's he never, never gets too high. Certainly, there were wins where but the Buffalo game where – he could have been gotten too high, and certainly there's been losses. The Jets game where he could have gotten too low. I think, to his credit, that is his thing. He's always keeps an even keel, but at the same time, yeah, after you get blown out like that at home in a game that has that much juice, you do want to hear a little bit more of a response than, we didn't play to the standard, we got to play to the standard, we'll, we'll do a better job. Keep the main thing, the yeah, main keep thing. The main thing, yeah. It's like, the cliches get tired after a while. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of Eagles fans, are, me included, probably all of us included, are overreacting a little bit. But rightfully so. That was pretty embarrassing. I, I think we were due for, like, we kept waiting for the reverse of that game, where I feel like we were waiting for the team to have that breakout win, where, like, the defense clicked the full game, the offense clicked the full game, and we won a game by, like, 14. It felt like, wow, okay, we, we're here. Like, we've arrived. Where kind of, like, maybe this is a silver lining of okay well the reverse happened where we finally had a game where we got blown like the jets game we gave up we didn't really get demolished like that was more so we just had a sloppy we game just, we, just we, everything went wrong in that a lot game. of tip yeah. balls that ended up being picks and the defense killed us the jets offense didn't really do a whole lot against us either um i think that same you know the san fran game was the first game where we actually like they just look exhausted i mean you, you're coming out of the bye you play a shitty game in prime time against kc you sneak that out barely at the end then you come home you play buffalo overtime in the play, rain defense plays 92 yeah. snaps tough fucking game they pull that out short week san fran had a three extra days no excuses but this is the name of the game you got an extra time to rest i'm sure their bodies needed it they came prepared and cleaned it up so i think that you know, as any fan, we would love to see a game where the Eagles finally pull it together. I think they needed this. People thought that when we went, you know, we had that first loss and we were 7-1 and one against the Jets. Okay, nice. Like, they needed that loss to get back. That wasn't really a true loss because they gave up that game. This mm -hmm. was our first, like, we got yeah, our ass got handed. Beat. Yeah, like, you sure got your ass handed to us. Now you can really sit down, level set. You bring in some savvy vet. Let's see what we do here. Um, but I don't know, man. This is a... A deflating loss for sure. That's gotta suck. That's gotta start making people think about shit in the locker room. Yeah. Time. I mean, the thing is, I feel like there's a bunch of stuff in this game where things that we've kind of seen crop up throughout the season, and it's like, well, at least that's something that's like fixable, right? Coaching and stuff should be able to fix that, and we're still saying that shit at like week thirteen. It's yeah. kind of, it's like, you know, not really excusable anymore. And I think 
Certainly coaching is fixable to a degree. Play calling is fixable. Players executing is fixable. The personnel right now isn't very fixable. I mean, yeah, yeah. we brought in Shaq Leonard, but uh, I mean, the Colts cut him, and they're a, play- they're a playoff team right now. They've won, what, seven in a row? So to expect him to really fix our issues at linebacker, I'm not convinced that that's going to fix what ails us. I mean, Nicholas Morrow bouncing off Devo Samuel like he's just a basketball, pathetic. Um, the pass rush not really getting home. Darius Slay getting outran when speed's supposed to be his calling card. Those aren't extremely fixable. I know Darius Slay's been banged up this week, so maybe that explains part of it. But regardless, we're not fixing our linebacker issue the way that we need to before uh, playoffs start. No, but I also think that that, like you bring up Debo bouncing off of Morrow, like Brock Purdy, yeah, put up 300-plus yards on us. However, it all came, and you bring it up, you know, 175 of those yards were on Morrow and two tuds on him. That's awful. You know what I mean? The other highest uh, give up was Ricks, who's a rookie cornerback, 44 yards at a touchdown. Everybody else pretty much held it down. Slay only gave up 32, Bayard four. Reed Blankenship, two and a tutty, but that was, you know, short whatever end zone and all that stuff. But Who got run over by Purdy? <clears throat> R- oh, Roby. Probably Roby, yeah. 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 Roby went to, how do you get run over by him? I could tackle him. I think him. that in watching it, which was only the benefit of watching it at home, is that the commentator did make a good point where that, like, it looked as though he thought Purdy was going to give himself up. Still. And, yeah, but that's, see, but that's what gets people, though, now, where, like, you go for that level-setting hit, but they're on their way down, so it looks like you're hitting them in the head when really you were going for their hips in that split second. But then you mm. make that pullback, and then they jolt a little bit, and now you look like an idiot because you're missing the whole tackle. But mm. it was that game where everything that could go wrong just went completely wrong. I mean, we had that slight comeback in the third quarter, maybe early fourth, and then Debo gets a fucking 35 rip and just goes straight up the defense. Like, okay, yeah. every like that that was just a pathetic game uh, at that point. And I think that you know, you get Cunningham back. I think you really missed him in that game because oh, for sure. he's yeah. been a yeah, phenomenal yeah. He's linebacker. Been, he's been the best linebacker on the team. Uh, I'd be curious, and not that that would have changed the whole game, but I'd be curious to see, and I'm not moving on from the Niners debrief yet, but I'd be curious to see how they bounce back with Cunningham back, with Goddard back, and maybe Leonard intermittently. I doubt he's going to have a major role. We don't really use three linebackers like that anyway. Hmm. Um, but Bayard's coming into his own, which is good to see. He's been playing good. Yeah. Um, Again, I think it comes down to first quarter, defensive front absolutely swallowed uh, Brock Purdy. They hit him once the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And offense comes out, two beautiful 75-yard red zone drives. You come away with three both times. That was pivotal right there. Yeah. yeah. That's when it felt like the game was yeah. like, probably over. You don't even come out with at least seven. You come out with six. Dude, the one play where Hurts just fell. Yeah. That, was, that killed us. There were two sacks he took where he was in the pocket for four seconds, untouched, no pressure. And yeah. then you get a sack. It's like, how do we... How Especially that one, he just literally just fell. You went from second and two, second and three, to third and 15? But twice. Yeah. Because of him. And that's, you know, people want to talk about MVP caliber quarterback. That's a bone. That's like a rookie move right there. I mean, you want to dance around and look for the wide open guy. I get that. But, like, make a move, throw it out of bounds, do something. But you're backing up like you're... Fucking Dan Orlovsky over here running out of the back of the end zone. I don't. That was such a uncharacteristic play. And you want to talk about not playing to the standard? I don't even know who the fuck that guy was out there. Sometimes. Yeah, it was statistically a decent game. Two twenty six for like forty five, two hundred ninety eight yards in the TD. 
But there were just so many plays where he's just standing there. There's all sorts of time. Someone's got to be open, and he's just not doing anything. Yeah. And just, he clearly, like you said, did not play to the standard. Um, I mean, we do need to talk about this, this whole run the ball thing. People standing outside Novacare with the sign that says <laughs> run the ball. Shout out Philadelphia, man. You wouldn't see that probably in any other city. No. You know and that, they had shirts true. made, too. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. 11 but, o'clock on a Tuesday. Fuck but, yeah. But how much do you think that uh, the the passing game suffered from their inability? Or not even, certainly their inability, but also just their lack of desire to run the ball. Oh, I asked a I good think, question. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I think that, <clears throat> and we saw this last year too, right? Um, when the whole city was like run the ball more and then... Boom, next thing you know, we're ripping off historic numbers running the ball. You know, 125 yards for Sanders, you know, 80 yards for Hertz, and 75 yards for Boston Scott, you know. Why? It's a head-scratching move when you, okay, you get rid of Sanders, you bring in arguably a better running back who's got better skills and better ball handling than the previous guy. You bring in a moose of a guy, Rashad Penny, Given his injury history, I get it, <clears throat> but he hasn't played it is really wild that they haven't in used 13 him at all. weeks. He's healthy, you would think by now. Boston Scott's back, and can you have a four-room running back room, and you could have used a roster spot to pick up a linebacker, make a move for a younger safety, or anything else that could have helped out the defense in the offseason, but you chose to keep that lock, to keep that running back room stacked, and you don't use anybody. You don't even use the number one guy. I mean, it, it, it. I don't know. And then it affects clearly the passing game because, as Nick Bosa said, they figured it out. You shut down the B-gap and make him run outside the tackles, Hurts, and he can't do it. Yeah. I mean, you force him to be a pocket passer, boom. You take out the run. No one's afraid of him running. If they can contain a QB spy, you're good to go, especially with that linebacker core. And you're playing, again, a great defense in Dallas and a great defense in Seattle, in Seattle, who's got – agility speed and youth to cover hurts yeah without the threat of the, you have to just do it just as a ploy you can't run the ball less than 20 times especially this time of year yeah i think the other thing too is um all very good points if if you run the ball they can't have that second safety dropping back in pass coverage yeah. understand that aj brown and Devonte smith both had really good games most of that was in garbage time uh but at the same time running the ball probably makes a lot of those reads easier for hurts because that safety's not back there. The safety's mm-hmm. dropping down to, to get closer to the line of scrimmage. They may have to play more four-man fronts, five-man fronts, three linebackers where you don't have as much speed on the field. So, yeah, I mean, people people have pointed to the fact that, you know, the Eagles weren't running the ball successfully anyway, so why continue to do it? It's a- Here, Here's the thing, right? So, in that game, we had 18 total carries, including Hertz, for 46 yards. It's two and a half yards per carry. I get it. Right. That's ass. <clears throat> but people think in the NFC Championship game, our offense was super efficient. We destroyed the 49ers on offense. We had 269 yards of total offense. In the NFC Championship game, we had 44 carries. 3.4 yards per carry. Yeah. So not maybe a yard, a yard more, but extrapolated over 26 extra carries. You're telling me that we couldn't have tried to run the ball a little bit more? They were 20th against the run right. in terms of uh, r- run defense efficiency coming into this game. And 
we weren't down too much to just abandon it. I don't know. I've become the hashtag also, run the ball guy. if you guy. don't run the ball, then your RPOs just become play action because mm-hmm. they're not afraid of – there's yeah, no yeah. run – where's the run option? You're just faking the handoff every time. There's no – there's none of that. So yeah, they don't our, have to respect it. I don't want them to call their offense an RPO-based offense because they don't run the ball enough to warrant – it's just a play action. Every now and then you might hand it off, but if the statistics show that most of the time you throw the ball, it's play. It's not an RPO. Yeah. And if it's a QB – like it just – it's mind-boggling to me that they don't do it. And your offensive line is still one of the best offensive lines out there. They prefer, because they're a little bit older, especially with Lane and Kelsey, to hit people. They don't want to sit back and have to pass block, which I will say in the first half and even second half, they did a tremendous job of pass blocking. Yeah, they had plenty but, of time to throw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had all yeah, fucking day. Lane Johnson destroyed <clears throat> Nick Bosa. On multiple yeah, times. Yeah, he was owning his yeah. ass, dude. So I, I, don't under, I, I don't get it. And sure, we miss... Dallas Goddard, for sure, because you can't quite trust Stoll or whoever else you have out there. At the same time, you have an all-pro wide receiver in A.J. Brown out there who was getting covered, like flies on shit, which is fine. I get that. Devontae Smith had another phenomenal game. But you got to diversify the offense, man. Use those other guys. And I hate the fact that we had to use Gainwell in the, in the goal lot, you know, red zone a lot this season because you have other people in the locker room. But Use the other people that you have. Do something. I mean, I don't. I'd rather see you run the ball eight more times and give it to Julio Jones on the wide receiver screen at third and eight. Like what? Are, yeah, what, that's just asinine. Right. It's just stupid. And some of that too comes down to Hertz being able to read defenses and call audibles that way. We're like, he's okay with calling an audible to pick up shit, but a lot of times, and I don't know if it's designed or not, he'll try to pick up the mic, and Kelsey has to look back and be like, no. Yeah, you like, saw that in the KC game. Yeah. yeah. So. And speaking of the KC game and running the ball, both games that we came back after being down by 10, Swift broke off for 35-yard yeah, crucial point. runs. Yep. The game against KC ran down in time to 15, and the game against Buffalo to set up the Hurts QB draw, 35-yard run up the gut yep. too. So we might not run efficiently every time and get five yards of run, but Swift still have to keep at he, it. That's he has that point. playmaking yeah. ability that you can only get with 25-plus touches. It's better than having a third and eight and throw the ball or take a sack or, you know, if you're not having impactful throws, you got to start running the rock. Yeah. I mean, hopefully getting uh, Goddard back this week is going to help with that. I don't know if it just becomes that much, so much more difficult without <clears throat> him to run the ball that they shy away from it. But he is pretty, uh, pretty huge in the run game. Dude, he's the best run blocking tight end in the league at this point. Now that Kelsey's getting older and Kittle, Kittle's yeah. is st- still pretty solid, but you don't want to, but you don't after coming off a forearm injury, you don't want to fucking I'd rather him be running routes though. He's gonna be blocking though. He, I know, but not he doesn't care. He's a football guy, dude. I, I hear you, but I'd rather not bury his arm again because he's doing run block shit. Because now we the, the game you decide to run the ball thirty five times is against the Dallas defense and you're gonna have Dallas Goddard run block every time. Like, you know what I mean? It just give that man ease him in a little bit. Because mm. I could just see that biteness in the ass again where you make him run block then for twenty five snaps and he snaps his arm again. Yes, I guess that's a good point. But uh, even though he did do it on a passing play, but still, I'm just saying it's yeah. not. There's no way he's not going to feel pain uh, come Sunday. Yeah, he's going to be sore as hell yeah. for sure. But yeah, I mean, we can't sit here and say that they didn't win the game because they didn't run the ball enough. No, the I mean, def- that, that not defense playing, was Swift ain't playing yeah. defense. A S S, dude, ass. <laughs> um, guess here's a question, right? How much do we worry about Sean Desai? I, I know after the Dolphins game. I sat here and said he's our best defensive coordinator since Jim Johnson. 
probably, I probably was, that was hyperbolic. We'll put it that way. But are y'all worried about him as the defensive play caller? Are you more concerned about personnel, schedule catching up to us? What's your, your biggest I'm concern not about the defense? I'm super concerned about the side because it just seems like a lot of how we were getting beat were just one on one matchups and just guys getting beat. Like the fact that like the pass rush couldn't get to the quarter, uh, couldn't get to Purdy um, the whole game. And you had, you know, people not making tackles. I mean, at least like one or two of their touchdowns were just be due to like a, a really bad missed tackle. Yeah. The guy gets a, a shit ton of yak. Like, um, so, like, I mean, if the execution is better, I, we're probably not sitting here talking about Sean Desai. That's kind of how I feel about it. I think, too, we touched on it. I mean, that was our biggest concern all offseason was the lack of just linebackers in general. And Howie's done a good job of doing patchwork, but <clears throat> the cornerbacks have actually done a very good job statistically all year. You know, they're not all pro level pro bowlers like they were the year before, but that's also because the defensive front isn't getting sacks like they did last year. However, like you said, the middle of the field, I mean, you're playing a team that eats the middle of the field mm-hmm. between Debo, between Ayuk, McCaffrey, Kittle. They're not blowing off the top like Miami, which when Miami came to Philly, we could handle because we don't need a linebacker to cover Tariq. The safeties and the quarterbacks did pretty good. Shout out Reed Blankenship leading the uh, NFL and NFC Pro Bowl votes for safety, which is great. You know, so like we're good with. You're not going to beat us over the top necessarily. You might rack up a lot of yards, which teams have done every week since week one. But that's like you said to the middle of the field. I mean, we have no cover linebackers. You're missing that fast guy i mean it and that's where it, they get you there's nothing to do i mean you're not getting sacked so there's not that much pressure or at least enough to make huge of an impact where they're making bad throws <clears throat> so yeah that's their biggest flaw i don't think it's really this it's hard to test the side in this standpoint because the team as a whole just isn't being effective on the defensive side of the ball week over week i mean there's been every week they're giving up almost 400 yards of offense so, you know, I think it's more about the lack of linebackers than it is about the side not being able to – I would ha- be hard-pressed to believe that, you know, someone could come in here, Dan Quick could come in here and make this team a top three defensive team. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, on Sunday, I, I did question Desai at times, but looking back on it now, I mean, regardless of who's, who, who's coaching, with the linebacker core that we had, we weren't going to be able to do a whole lot. I think the other thing that needs to be taken into account, too, is the schedule has been tough, right? Like, think about the amount of good teams we've played. The, or good offensive teams. Even put, we know this schedule's been full of good teams. Played the Dolphins, who we held our own against. Played Dallas. We won that game, but their offense lit us mm-hmm. up. Kansas City. We won that game. Defense played well in the second half. That yeah. first half, not so much. Buffalo, we won that game, but Josh Allen destroyed us. Mm-hmm. Then San Francisco, Brock Purdy, MVP candidate Brock Purdy, I should yeah. have to say. But uh, he had a very good game against us. Not so much him, but Kyle Shanahan pantsed us in that game. He out-schemed our defense. Oh, yeah. um, he, he found <laughs> the weaknesses in our defense yep. to pick on, which are over the middle of the field. So, yeah, I'm not as panicked about Desai as I was on Sunday when I wrote this down that I would ask you all about it. But at the same time, um, something has to – defense has to play better because, yeah, we've played a bunch of elite teams. 
what the hell are we going to see in the playoffs, right? Elite I, teams, right? I think, though, that the more – the coordinator that I'm more concerned with, really, and I know that Nick Sirianni covers a lot of the play calling, but I think Brian Johnson is more of the one that's like uh, – <clears throat> I don't know if he's ready for the coordinator role because even, like, you go back to the Super Bowl that we won, <clears throat> this team historically gives up yards – as our yeah. defense does, yeah. like this team, we haven't really had a defense. Like you see, you mentioned like Jim Johnson and all that. Like we haven't really had a defense that people are afraid of from a secondary perspective. We have more like flavorful guys that will like get a pick, but no big hitter. You know, people get yards on us passing wise. Typically we might have a good run defense, but that's about it. Uh, but usually the offense can go toe to toe and you have, I'm more concerned with the fact that there is no weakness from a positional standpoint on offense defense. You can say, okay, we have a young uh, defensive front with two, you know, a rookie and Jordan Davis coming into his own. No linebackers really that you can rely on. An older safety group with Reed Blankenship and a secondary that's kind of holding Reed on. Blankenship's not old. No, but Bayard though, right now, like half and half. Yeah, okay. You got, you all know, right, right. but offensively, you have two number one receivers just about. You have a savvy vet in Julio Jones. You have a stacked running back crew. You got Jalen Hurts. You got Dallas Goddard, a top three, uh, you know, O line in the NFL. Brian Johnson's the one you got to look at and be like, what, like, how do you not have this offense yeah. and like do something with it? That's the biggest concern. Why, why is it that when you come into every game, your top five plays, one of the ones in the mix is either a QB draw or a wide receiver screen in a third down yeah. position? Like what, what, how does that make sense? Yeah, you, you, that's a good point. I mean, certainly to like, as Dave brought up last week, the the first 15 plays 20 plays of every game are scripted and Nick Sirianni has a role in that right yeah but these some of these red zone calls I mean the QB draws worked a lot for us in the red zone but there have also been plenty of plays in the red zone that Brian Johnson's called that haven't worked I mean for whatever reason in this game on Sunday the, the, the red zone plays did not work some of that certainly player execution but some of that just dude you got to do a better job calling these plays and Brian Johnson's been here at least decides his first year here, new, like new team. Yeah, he was a QB coach last learning year. Learning the yeah. personnel. Yeah. Decide's been here. He knows how the offense operates and runs, how Nick Sirianni runs his offense. That's really where I'm concerned about. Decide, that'll work itself out. The defense has played this way really all year. Um, but Brian Johnson, for me, is the biggest concern coming into the end of the season potential, you know, and the playoff run. Mm-hmm. If they can't click, we're fucked. We're done. Yeah, and I mean, it's like maybe this isn't like fair, but it's just kind of the reality that there's going to be more pressure on Brian Johnson than Sean Desai because the, the way the team is built. Yeah, it's this team wins by outscoring people. They don't win by they don't win with defense. Right. You know that. So going into the season, like you knew that this is a team that's going to need to, you know, be able to put up thirty plus points like without uh, you know a lot of effort or whatever. So. Yeah, it's just like maybe he's not that bad, but it's like you need to be really good. You just gotta do this something. Needs to be really good. Some, there's there's no creative is not an adjective you would use to describe this Eagles no. offense this year. Yeah, I mean, very we, vanilla. We saw creative with the 49ers. Some of their yeah. motions, some of their motions are so simple, but they're so effective. Where they motion the tight end from one side of the line of the scrimmage to the other to see the run fit, and then McCaffrey's running yeah. to that side. It's the hard Eagles to stop. Don't use even like. I shouldn't say that I don't use any motion, but the Eagles are among the, the, the lowest ranked teams in terms of motion used. 
I get some teams use motion just as a gimmick. Sean McVay probably uses motion sometimes just yeah. as a gimmick. But the 49ers use it effectively. The Eagles don't. The Eagles, they call a jet sweep maybe once a game, once every couple games. Other than that, we don't ever really see any trick plays. Nothing. I'm not I'm not calling for a flea flicker every game or But uh, something. Make the defense yeah. double take, you know, and then get him next you know, do something different the next time, but it's just very vanilla and stagnant. It's, it's very teams, college-y. You know, it still is. It's boring. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have any other notes about this past Sunday's game. Oh, wait, I do. <laughs> I don't have it in my notes. What about Big Dom, dude? He showed, oh, up, yeah, ready to, he showed up ready to play. <laughs> yeah, dude. The man. Yeah, man. Myth took a little lick to the nose. So, apparently, I didn't see this on TV. I watched this altercation multiple times. After Dre Greenlaw throws Devontae to the ground, which was rough. I can understand Big Dom being like, hey, don't do that to my guy. Apparently, Big Dom got in his face and actually like made contact with him first. Did you all see that? He did technically touch him because Greenlaw's hit actually, they were in bounds. They weren't out of bounds at all. It was just a rough throw to the ground. And you can see Dom did get into like the white part, you know, like on the sideline yeah. first. And like, got, I don't think he touched. I didn't see him touch him though, but he did get real close. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, game's a game, baby. It's just discipline. On, I'm sure there's been a lot of times where like a coach has touched another player, but a player to like swing at yeah, to a coach that's to him. a little bit of a you know. I, yeah, the whole thing made it even more disappointing to me that we got our asses kicked because if oh, we yeah. had pulled it out, like this would have been known as the the big dom. Yeah, game, it would have been you know? so galvanizing, it right? Would, yeah, yeah, because that like because we were kind of starting to push our way up the field at that point. It's close that enough. happens, and it like feels like, all right, here's like the little catalyst that we need to turn us around, and it was not so. It's the Italian little flag for me on the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he is Italian as hell, man. <laughs> Dom DeSandro. DeSandro yeah. is Italian as hell. But then he was there to pick up uh, Shaq, which is cool. He picked up Shaq Leonard, which is sick. Yeah, Big yeah, Dom's yeah. the man. Yeah. I Dude, can't... It's, it's funny uh, <laughs> trying to explain to someone who isn't familiar with him, like, what who he is and what his job is or whatever. Right. Like, I... I was like, I was like having dinner with uh, Constance the other night, and she was asking like, "Who is who is that guy that got into the fight or whatever on the side?" I was like, "Oh, that's Dom DeSandro." He like, was like, is, "Is he like a coach?" I was like, "Well, no." It's <laughs> like, "What is he?" I'm like, "He's the head of security." Uh, I was like, "What? What is that?" He's a security like, guard. Uh, you know, like he's just kind of uh, he's like our guy. He's like the guy. He just he does everything. He yeah, picks yeah. up freedoms from the airport. I, I think the best way to put it would be like if. Uh, someone in the Eagles needed to get rid of a body, Dom would be the guy that they would call <laughs> <For sure. laughs> to help make that happen. They were like, it's just a Monday, like a, it's this little mob job to like, you know, like mon- money laundering scheme. Like he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't need this job. He's just there for whatever else. But I love like when you watch it and they're like, fuck it, big Dom highlights. And he's like holding up oh, the railing for yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently Fletcher Cox goes on the, uh, the PHLY Eagles podcast every week. He was telling her talking about how Big Dom like has the players back to the point like he'll take them to get driver's licenses and stuff. Oh yeah. He, uh, he's yeah. he's essentially that I'm convinced he's essentially the team dead. Oh yeah, big time. They um well after that during that game too, Chris Long even posted a picture of a selfie with him and Dom too. I saw that. <laughs> and then yeah. they asked they asked Bo Allen, they were like, All right, what's your favorite Dom story? He's like, I couldn't tell you my favorite one because like I can't say that on the yeah, air. Fletcher like, yeah, Fletcher Cox said yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Well, I remember even before the draft when 
they were explaining like when it was came out that like oh uh you know after they after Jalen Carter or whatever and they were and it was like oh were they concerned about these like you know character things blah blah and it was like no we sent Big Dom to talk to him and <laughs> he cleared him he's good like he's good to draft or whatever what do you think that conversation's like like Big Dom walks up like hey you fuck around too much I'm gonna break your knees yeah I I mean the guy. It's a funny fucking thing. I don't understand it, but I love it. It's hysterical. Uh, sucks to be. Yeah, I mean, he's been with the team for like twenty years, forever. Yeah, you hair- see pictures of him when, when like he first started. I'm like, damn, that's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. The team made him bald. All that stress. Watch out for all these young guys coming out of college. It's like an actual dad, just bald and stressed. And yeah, man. But I, it sucked he got kicked out. Glad they all gave him a little standing ovation. But I did think at one point I was like, maybe. This is the kick they needed to turn this game around. And they did drive it a little like bit. like it for a little bit, yeah. And I don't even think they scored a touchdown. They scored a field goal again. I'm like, all right, well, this ain't it. It's not enough. You can't be doing that when they're scoring. No, we did score a touchdown, but then they but scored then again right away. that's when Debo away. came back and scored yeah, that run like, you were talking yeah. about. All right, well, there goes that right there. This wasn't our game, and that's okay. But it feels good to have a come to reality. Get your ass beat. Let's see what they do against Dallas. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to Dallas to quote their uh, – Ever obnoxious, actually, I guess, good quarterback. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I'm not looking forward to hearing that 60 times a game. Do oh, th- man. Do you think he says that before he has sex? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't his his wife or his, his significant other pregnant? He's, he's going to be. He's gonna be in there when the when the baby's yeah, being born. Like, like yeah, here we go. Oh god, he's so. It's the most obnoxious yeah. thing in football, man. He'll probably have Corny to get guy. put under though to watch that. Though. I bet you can't stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, he'll pass out. Yeah, yeah he's he'll gonna faint. The waiting room. Uh, put me under. I'll wake up when it's out. She'll be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see this being a. Uh, again, I think my gut was that we we're gonna lose last week. Uh I know I got chewed out for that as a Philadelphia fan. However, reality, again, Dallas yeah. is on a weird streak of 12 straight wins at home. They're all jazzed up. Again, they have 13 days to pre- prepare. I don't know how we got stuck with that uh, luck of the draw where we played two teams coming off of Thursday night football games, so they have 13 days to prep for us. Uh, yeah, man, I could get ugly real fast again, I think. It all hinges upon our offense playing. Um, well and efficiently because we know that this offense for Dallas on our defense is going to put up astronomical numbers if anything is a tell from last game. Um, they're at home. They're jazzed up. There's a lot depending on it. There's a kink in our armor now that we're 10-2 and two and they're 9-3. and three. Not only number one seed is at, you know, uh, at stake, but the division is at stake here, mm-hmm. which we can go from number one to number five like that. So... I think that the Eagles have to have a huge bounce back game. I don't want to put too much pressure on it, but like you, you fucked up, man. Like if you had won that game against the Jets, you'd probably be in better shape to take this as an L and not be too bad about it. Ten and two, but now coming in ten and two and they're nine and three on this hot streak, I, I, I don't see it being a good game. You don't think Shaq Leonard's going to make a difference? Again, I think not until two weeks from now. I yeah. think it's too soon to come but to the, the length, team. The length. Yeah, those, those what, 36, 34, 36 yeah. inch arms? Yeah, we didn't really your, get Your arms are probably that long. Yeah, How like, long are your arms? In there. Uh, they're pretty wide. They they're long out, as fuck. They get out there. We got to have no, a wingspan. 36 inches? 
Way more than that. We got to have a wingspan measurement. Because that's already it's, three feet. That's at I think, least... I think my wingspan is uh, more than my height, actually. I'm sure it is, but I you are tall, though. What, I bet you it's 72 inches. So that'd be 36 out, inches. Because so. your arm is like three feet long. Yeah, it's, uh, it gets out there. You, you got a well, yardstick? If you go, if you go tip it a finger to the shoulder, I bet you that's a yardstick. Yeah, maybe. You got a yardstick at home? Yeah, bring it. I got a tape measure. We'll yeah, we got to we got to measure our wingspans. Yo, we should have a scouting combine, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you gotta get those you got little... some weights. We can do the bench press. Yeah, we we, we gotta get that thing for the, see how they high they jump. It has a little. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah no, fuck that. I'd be that guy that does the little thing where like you're looking left, looking right, looking left, and they get hit in the face with the right ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm jumping too high with this bunion, dude. Those days are behind me. Mm-hmm. My 40 yard dash is probably like eight. I gave myself an eight five. You're probably fast. I think you're selling yeah. yourself short. You're probably faster than that. Can't I don't, run I don't think so. Short. My sprint is very much a sprint. Like I'm talking like a ten yard, oh, and see, then I yeah. slow down. Yeah, I can sprint yeah. pretty good. It's long distances I can't do. Forty yards is longer than you think. Hmm. Forty yard? That's that's not a sprint to me. Do, I could probably do forty yards in about five and a half, six. Seconds. I think the average person. Yeah, I could probably do about six seconds. Six. Tom yeah, Brady think, ran a five seven. Can oh, you beat Tom Brady? Probably. I don't know, man. I think I could. Uh, well, hey, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll have to have our scouting. Yeah. Co- well, Dude, come next year, That'll be time. the NFL draft. We'll have yeah. a whole thing. Yeah, yep. yeah. That'll be good for TikTok. Yeah, mark this down. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Shaq Leonard, we can talk about him. Trevor, you're right. We didn't really talk about it. So Eagles brought him in. He mm-hmm. chose us over Dallas. Which was after yeah, we something. got our ass beat. Yeah, surprisingly. Right. And they beat an actual team over 500, which is – or. No. Seahawks are five or were five hundred. Or okay, are, I forget. A team that's barely five hundred. Uh I was surprised by that. I think uh yeah, I don't know. That was that was shocking to me that he came here, to be honest. I thought that, that was gonna be our second L of the weekend was he would just go to Dallas and then we'd have to play him and then Yeah, he'd have a pick six he would against just us or something. Ridiculous. Some crazy yeah. shit, yeah, maybe take out Hurts for the game or something like that. Um I think he's gonna be a non factor in the game on Sunday. He might have a couple tackles, but I think Cunningham is the bigger linebacker to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think Shaq Leonard probably won't be as, I don't want to say useless as Julio, but as ineffective as Julio, but I'm not expecting a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I feel like you, you pretty much just want like a replacement level guy. Yeah, you don't need better a Better than Morrow. Yeah. Like, He's 28. You know, had a, what, two back surgeries already? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's not the best you want to hear from a linebacker, the, whatever, however long his wingspan is. Uh, I mean, what's interesting about him, like I have a couple nuggets here. <laughs> linebacker, more like a broken backer. Yeah, more like broke back, right? broke back, <laughs> like a broke back, uh, broke backer. Uh, shitty backer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we got the guy with the broken back playing the Cowboys. It could get interesting. Brokeback Mountain. Oh, uh, yeah, there we yeah, go. I was going to say, some yeah. might say Come we're going to climb Brokeback Mountain. I was about to say that, yeah. I like, that's a, I think it's, it a, a, good it's movie, a very good yeah. movie, yeah. I don't know if I ever saw it. It's always funny that the guy who made that movie also made, like, that first, that one, like, Incredible Hulk movie. <laughs> the one with, like, <laughs> the bad one? Like, with the first one that had, like, uh, what's his name in it? Lou Ferrigno? No, no, oh. no. <laughs> like, the movie, like, it had uh, the guy, uh, Ed Norton. Oh, oh, Ed Norton's Hulk? And then the yeah. orange guy was in it, too? That's the same director? Yeah. Um, fuck, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, yeah, it's the same guy. Well, you guys talk, I'm going to look. That's unusual. Interesting. What a... Well, he really turned his life around. 
But yeah, I mean, I guess speaking of our broke back oh, linebacker. Ang Lee. Ang Lee. Oh, right? yeah. okay. Hmm. I know an Ang Lee. But, <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying about Shaq Leonard, man, I think he's kind of washed personally. I'm not really expecting a whole lot. At the same time, like Trevor was saying, we just need replacement Bodies, level play, baby. you know what yeah. I mean? And um, I mean, a couple interesting things about him, he's not really a third down linebacker, Mm-mm. so I don't know how much utility we get out of him. I think Morrow's still going to be on the field on third downs a lot. In nine games with the Colts, Leonard played 21 third down snaps. That's not over like three games. That's over the course of nine games, so... Yeah. They weren't really using him in uh, on third down. And then this nugget from Brooks Kubins, writes for The Athletic, covers the Eagles. He said this, This is the most important point when projecting Leonard's impact with the Eagles. He was not an every-down linebacker for the Colts this season. Nine games, Leonard played just 15.7% of the defense's third-down snaps, according to True Media. Leonard often voiced frustration about his usage. It's quite likely that mix signaling from the Colts coaching staff trained their relationship to the breaking point. He rushed back from his surgery. He rushed back from his back surgeries too soon in 2022. The Colts initially characterized limited snap share to begin 2023 as easing him back on the field. It was an interesting rationale when Leonard was essentially an every down linebacker on first and second down. Played 81.2% of first and second downs weeks one through four. And after missing one game with a groin injury, played 89.6% of first and second downs in week six through 10. So clearly they trust him on rundowns or they did. The Colts did. They did not trust him on passing down. So, I mean, if our concern is Jake Ferguson, Tony Pollard burning us over the middle, I think that's still going to happen Sunday. He also directed Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, great movie in 2000. Then, okay. In 2003, he did it. Damn, whole. that movie's 20 years old. Yeah. Then did Brokeback Mountain after that in 2005. Damn, hmm. Brokeback Mountain's so almost saw, 20 like, years old. Damn, this guy could make a movie about the Incredible Hulk. When did he do that one? Make, that was in 2003. He had a good run there. Yeah. Damn, I can't believe all these movies are that old. Yeah, We're getting old a, yet. Yeah, that Hulk movie isn't. The best one, but, you know, shout out to Norton. That's a good one. Uh, but, yeah, I think Leonard, I don't think we can expect the Hulk to show up uh, to play <laughs> for us on the Sunday night football against Dallas in Dallas. I think that uh, I'd love to see a, you know, it, it surprise us. Would love to see that. Um, I hope it's close. I don't want us to see another, like, <clears throat> you know, 49 or 42 to 21 kind of game. Could it get to that? Definitely. The potential for us to get buried again happens, but I think again it depends more upon can Brian Johnson go back, look at the playbook, look at the players he has, and what does this offense do to bounce back? You're playing another top three, maybe the best defense again in the NFL. Uh, what does that happen? I mean, the defense is going to give up yards. It's just is what it is. Dak Prescott's playing at the MVP level, as much as it pains me to say that. Here we go. But he is. I mean, the offense is cooking. You know, C.D. Lamb first half of the season didn't really get a lot of love. He made a little hissy fit like A.J. Brown did. It is on a fucking tear. Uh, Pollard showed up last week against a decent defense and, and cooked for the first time all season. So, Even Brandon Cooks has been balling. <clears throat> you know, they got they have weapons, and they're not dissimilar from San Fran. And you best believe they looked at that San Fran game and was like, okay, well, let's see what we can do then to contain Hurts and make them throw some weird passes. So I think this game really depends on 
what the offense decides to do from an identity standpoint. And I don't want to hear, which we'll probably hear again, of we got to play to the standard and keep the main thing the main thing. But if you win, if you lose two games in a row, then the main thing right now is losing. And that's not what I want to keep the main thing. Yeah. So fucking focus on being more efficient and effective with the ball. If you got five seconds in the pocket, air that bitch out or throw it away. We don't need you to run around and uh, you're not Michael Vick or Randall Cunningham, no matter what color jersey you're wearing. Figure it out. You can't be doing that rookie move shit and expect to win games when you're playing teams that are coming for you and that are vying for the number one seed. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to see a big, big offensive bounce back. You're not going to out. You're not. Your defense is going to hold Dallas down. If we you're going to throw the ball too, then make some aggressive throws. Have AJ Brown rip that shit out there. Have, see, you know, have do some things that are going to be good to throw at. Then don't oh. just do little bubble screens or thinking dunks here and there. Do see, be aggressive. See, like I'm of the opposite mind there, where <laughs> I think they need to get Hurts going with some easy throws. Think about it. Like that's all they do. Yeah, but they're they're throwing them to the wrong people. You know what I mean? They're throwing him to Julio Jones, Jack Stoll. Dallas Goddard's going to be back. Throw him a five-yard, I don't know, flat route. Throw him a five-yard stick route and let him just get some yak, get Hurts' confidence going. And then you set him up to, to have some success over the top. I mean, Deron Bland, for all his pick sixes, is susceptible to getting beat with some deep throws, but you kind of have to make him respect the short throws first, and then you can go over the top with him. But the other thing is... The, um, what's this guy's name? Not Derek Carr. David Carr. Are you seen oh him talking shit? Oh, my God. The Mariota comment? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. Yeah. So do you think Hurts saw that and was like, okay. Well, what what did Hurts say before the Super Bowl last year? He was like, I had a purpose before they had an opinion. You yeah. think that's going through his mind right now? He's yeah. like, I got a purpose for this scrub who was out of the league in five years ever had an opinion. Uh, I think he's going, oh, who said that? Oh, David Carr? Pat, like, there's that even warrant a comment. Oh, okay. See, I'm hoping it kind of motivates him. I think it even warrant a comment. That guy is a fucking bum. Yeah, he needs Shaq to tell him that. Yeah, Shaq needs to be like, yo, you know, <laughs> I wasn't familiar with your game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, David Carr, like, I think what they need to do is shut the the fact that they're letting these bum ass people that couldn't even play in the NFL. Well, obviously they physically played in the NFL, but like yeah, I barely even know who David Carr is. You got David Carr, you got and Dan Orlovsky. That's exactly why he says these things. Right? Yeah, Dan Orlovsky making comments about shit like you guys both are more iconic for being bad at quarterback than you. Like, what? How did you deserve to get here? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't read anything into those comments. Um, Shio Kapadia actually kind of low key accused him of being racist, uh, which yeah, he's not wrong about. I mean, any time a black quarterback struggles, so he's yeah, he can't read. Put the white guy in. Yeah, I don't think he's anything about that. I think that Hurts just has to just get out of his head a little bit, settle down with the fucking MJ quotes because you're not quite there yet. You haven't really won anything in the NFL. You haven't won MVP. You haven't won a Super Bowl. You know, you won a starting job. That's great. You, you won, won the contract, love of the city. Yeah. yeah, I get that. But now you got to start winning some shit, get some hardware. Because those quotes are going to start falling flat. Exactly. And this city the cliches gonna, are going to get tired. This city's yeah. going to turn real quick if you don't start putting up decent numbers. But that's all I got to say about them. All right. Well, one of my bones to pick was that you all spent too much time on the Eagles last week. But here we are spending a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, we're like pretty much at uh, <laughs> spend, like 50 minutes. Spending a lot of time. <laughs> or, 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 or wrap up and do score yeah, predictions. Yeah, let's do or... our score predictions real quick. 
Oh, okay. Who wants to go first? <laughs> You're both looking at me. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with 34, uh, 28. I'm gonna go with 34, 31, Dallas. Okay, you got it a little closer than I do. So the line is Cowboys minus three and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if that jumps up to Cowboys minus four and a half before the game. I don't think we're getting much respect, deservedly so, after last week. I think Dak lights us up. Our offense does a decent job, but just can't keep up late. Cowboys win their 15th game in a row at home. 36-27. The, the thing is, is even if we lose this game, the division's still very much ours. Their schedule's hard. They still have to play the Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions. Our schedule after Seattle's cake, so we can still win the division. But yeah, I think we lose this game. Yeah, I also have this as a loss. I'm going to say 31-24 Dallas. You lose this game, but lose the number one seed. Yeah, not great, but there's there's some season left yet. But mm-hmm. speaking of the Cowboys, before we move on, one of my bones to pick is on the last episode I was on, you said that Washington <laughs> was going to beat the Cowboys, and you bet a shot. Damn. Where was that shot last week? <laughs> Even though I wasn't here, you still should have done it. I'll do it today. Uh, I, I gotta do it today. Either. I forgot. Don't, I, do you got liquor? Uh, no. Nah, well, think. next week I'm oh, bringing right, well, some week, liquor. I'll you're, do two next it. week. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was one of I'll my do, bones. To I'll pick. do a shot with interest next week. All right. That's Works fine for me. Cool. Uh, before we completely move on from football, I, we got. I feel like we gotta talk about the Sean McDermott thing. Did you guys hear about this? The nine eleven thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw people <laughs> say he apologized for a comment about nine yeah. eleven, but I didn't know what so, he said. I was like, this, you know, it's December though. What the fuck? So this was uh, this guy Tyler Dunn uh, wrote an article, published this, his uh, Substack or whatever. And I guess it's like pretty thoroughly researched and it's pretty much a, it's a deep dive into Sean McDermott and why they should let him go and why he's been so disappointing and this and that. I couldn't read the whole thing because it was behind a paywall, but this one passage of it that's been going around that I guess has been corroborated by a bunch of different people. So like this, it's, it's true. Uh, here's this part. It says uh, at, at St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York, McDermott's morning address began innocently enough. He told the entire team they needed to come together, but then uh, sources on hand say he used a strange model, the terrorists on September 11, 2001. What? He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were all able to get on the same page what? to orchestrate attacks to perfection. <laughs> one by one, McDermott started asking specific players in the room questions. What tactics do you think they uh, used to come together? A young player tried to methodically answer. What do you think their biggest obstacle was? A veteran answered TSA, which mercifully <laughs> lightened the mood. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so fucking funny. And yeah, he came out and like apologized about it today or whatever. But, uh, uh wow. I Dude. mean, damn. I get where his head's at, I guess, from a team, pr- from a. Yeah, he was saying we were trying to, we were talking about getting on the same page and, uh, about. <laughs> Accomplishing a mission against all odds. Wrong example. Yeah, dude. that is brutal. And when when did he say that? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Meeting. All right. Well, at least it was it's like seventeen <laughs> years or so afterwards. But damn, we're gonna we're, we're, <clears> we're gonna really take that. Yeah, we want to get. We <laughs> yeah, we're want, gonna be like a bunch of terrorists. Yeah, we want to yeah, take down wanna, this team. We want to get in there and just uh, just blow them out, just like. Timothy McVeigh <laughs> City. <laughs> we want to infiltrate the team. We want to really yeah. take them down pretty good. That's brutal. That is what an odd 
That guy's so weird. weird. He's already like uh, he's been on, on the top hot of this seat, like disappointing yeah. season they've had. It's just like god damn. Like dude, you imagine being like the the in like the PR department I was just for the say Bills. That. Yeah. That's just a I feel like that being one of those like PR guys and I'm sure it's just like a million different people that do it or whatever, but like just how there could just be nothing going on for the longest time. Then, like you find a gem. all of a sudden you get a, you get a little email that says <laughs> McDermott story nine eleven uh, panic panic. <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh, God damn it! Shit. Just red alert, red alert. Me? Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, that is what a wild analogy to make. Did they win the game? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it would be funny if they came out and, like blew them out. Well, I mean, obviously yeah. it would be. Yeah, horrible. I mean, they might yeah. have blown them up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. They scored one touchdown. And yeah. then they, which when they thought it was over, they came in and scored a second touchdown. Joe saw and Sean McDermott, they all turned on each other. It's like, well, shit, I didn't do this the right way. Oh, man. Damn, what an odd – he's a freak, man. He, he's out after this year. Yeah. Unless they somehow yeah. make the playoffs, he's out. This team uh, this team, are, this team, are facing, they got a uh, – you know they got a weak secondary, play a lot of soft coverage. So we're going to be airing the ball out. We're going to be throwing. We're going to. What are we throwing bombs? We're going to be. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. We're going to spray the ball around, just like <laughs> Stephen Paddock sprayed all those bullets down on the Las Vegas. Trip. That is unreal. What a nut! And that's just what they found. I mean, this guy probably yeah, some probably, other weird yeah, shit. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What What's he hiding? Other kind of weird historical. Bad historical references. People are worried about TikTok and shit. This guy is a loose cannon out here. Yeah, he ain't talking to Warren G. Harden. He this, might be a John Wilkes Booth guy. This guy's like a plane off your radar. Never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that, uh, it's a nice, <laughs> fun bit of NFL NFL news. Yeah, make, amongst the, the dread that is the Eagles. But uh, it's like I say the dread now. Watch they turn around and win. I'm, I'd rather be a caution. They need to have a little shit talk. We haven't shit talked them at all, really. Yeah, that bad. right, right. We've we've kind of we've kissed their ass for a while. They need they need to feel the wrath. You of, know what they need? They need Trey Turner's mom to give them a call, tell them that they suck. That's a good idea. I guess speaking of Trey Turner, we can move on to the Phillies quick. What do we got about the Phillies? Topper, uh, signed, yeah. yeah, signed Topper. No other really big move. Harper, I did see something that Harper wants to get He's another to get deal an extension. done. Yeah. yeah, what? Well, not an extension, but you've seen this before where like Machado has restructured his deal. So he wants to restructure it for more. I mean, we get it, dude. You love this. I will say this. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love Bryce Harper, but like, you don't got to fucking blow bubbles up our butt all the time. Like, we get it, man. Like, you love it here. We love you. Cool, man. Like, just fucking let's get a World Series win yeah. here. Like I get it. You gonna be? I yeah, want to. Di- are the same way with that. They pander too much. Yeah, he's like, I want to be buried in Citizens Bank when I die. Like, all right, man. Like, cool. We get it, dude. Like, relax. Like, you get. All right, we're over it. We got you. You're here. What is a 13 year deal when he first signed? Yeah, he's gonna be 38 at the end of this. So I don't think he's asking to make it longer. Does he want to restructure it to a friendly team deal to make the I think money it's better? To make a little more money because of inflation. Well, fuck that shit. No, man, you're nah. gonna go. What the fuck? No, what? No, Not my money. No. Inflation's a motherfucker, though. I don't care. Oh, and I'm sure it's really him, Bryce Harper, in the eh. pockets. Fuck that shit. No. I'm not here to defend a rich guy, Sounds but I'm like saying. Sounds like you are. Little bit. Look I, at I that would, smile. You're... I would negotiate more money, too, if I signed a deal five years yeah. ago. 13. Inflation's been something. If you... I saw the idea of Bryce Harper checking out the grocery store being like, <laughs> God damn, this is ridiculous. Some athletes be like that. You you seen Jimmy Butler at the gas pump, the one? You seen uh, that? Yeah. yeah. But that's more yeah. comical, though. He's not going right to the fucking GM, though, being like, we got to restructure this deal real quick because if just hit me, fuck, then maybe don't uh, have five kids and be a Mormon then. I don't know what the fuck to tell you here. He ain't five kids. He has two. 
well, right now, but that's what it's all about. He's trying uh, to have a little compound, probably. A little Mormon <laughs> compound, a little freak ass. No. Mm-mm. Fair enough. I mean, like I said, I'm not defending a rich person, but I kind of get it. Um, but, yeah, as far as Topper goes, right, um, I think they extended him through the end of, of next year. Yeah. Because like he was going to go into this year being a lame duck. I like that You move. don't want to do that. I feel like he would have been okay with it because he did kind of – he kind of mm. did – better he did say he's like i've been a lame duck for 27 years yeah i don't think he's the kind of guy that cares about he's not like a young like you know i could see like um who do we have before the fucking jack dude that sucked kapler i could see him be like oh man like i don't know if i want to stay here or be like a t- on a new team top rank he likes he ain't you got arguably there's not many teams with this loaded roster that you yeah. can go to as a lame duck guy like he'd have been fine i like the move just from a continuity standpoint maybe like yeah. a comfortability for the whole team the players certainly seem to like playing for him yeah i feel like that's half the, the thing with baseball managers it's like you know people like to play for the guy they don't really do a whole vibes. lot yeah it's... yeah and i feel like it also helps with like boom it takes out a year's worth of fucking you get into a tanking losing streak and he's a lame duck coach it's like are they going to move on from top right, like, just fire and then it's a him. whole yeah. nother you know just and that's hanging over his head the, the team's room. head yeah. yeah get that out of the way they're focused on the main uh, the they're thing. keeping the main thing the main yeah. thing but i think that it is the right approach in that i mean their window's open it's going to be open for a while i wouldn't be surprised if they continue to make the playoffs and do well even if we don't win a world series but they continue to do well if they continue to extend him and until he retires i mean he's what 60 years old probably ain't going to be around forever but he's been having a lot of fun too i feel like if they win one for him and if they Somehow win one this year. He's a lame duck the next year. They'll bring they'll him keep back. Him, yeah. Yeah, they'll keep That's him. That's my point. They'll keep yeah. him stringing around. Um, Juan Soto, though, to the Yankees, I did see. Yeah. Meh. We knew we I weren't mean, getting I that him. wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I wasn't worried about for us, but it's intriguing. That's all. You know, I'm they glad got, he didn't go to, didn't go to like, a, a rival. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, oh, Kimbrell. Oh, yeah. Kimbrell signed with the Orioles. Gets a little raise. One year, $13 million. Good for them. Yeah, cool. Good riddance. Can't wait to watch him make the playoffs and then lose it because he fucks up in the you know yeah. eighth, ninth inning. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna miss him at all. I mean, that does leave the Phillies with some hole in their bullpen. Say what you will about his playoff performance, he was very effective in a lot of regular season innings for yeah. us. Yeah. So they got to do something there, but I feel like if out. I was one of their fans, you'd kind of talk yourself into it by being like, "Well, they just like used him too much, and he wore down." I mean, and... that's essentially what we did. Yeah, but right, they well, got that's that... what I'm saying. Like, if they just avoid doing that, then maybe you could talk yourself into him. They got that young cat though. Okay. They probably saw a promise in him and felt good about letting him go. Who's the guy that Kirkering. was there? Yeah, oh, they probably yeah. were like, Yo, you know Dombrowski what? had this quote on Kirkering actually. They probably felt good that he's taken up that. Kimbrel spot. Also, people keep predicting Orioles versus Phillies in the World Series next year. Oh, yeah, so we might see them that again. That can work out. Hey, we Craig, we'll see your you ass I mean? again, dude. That seventh, would, yeah, that would rule the seventh have a, game, bottom a of the eighth. Win yeah, the World Series against Craig Kimbrel. Everybody all fucking house him with a little claw too. We'll be doing that again. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, uh, we just go back to yeah, Kimbrel. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. It's so oh man, fun. that would be great. But yeah, speaking of Kirkering. Dombrowski was very transparent at the winter meetings. It's kind of surprising. He said, this is Dombrowski speaking. I'll tell you, today I could have made a trade. Somebody would have said, geez, that's a good trade. I could have traded Kirkering for somebody like that today. I think he's referencing a bat. I forget what he's referencing here. But anyway, I said, I don't really want to do that. Because if we're going to have all of these star players, we also have to have some young players that are not making a lot of money. 
So I think that proves the point that, yeah, yeah, he figures Kirkering can step in, other young players can step in. That's kind of the Phillies' approach this offseason, he went on to say. The roster is not complete. We're not at that point at all. We'll continue to talk to people and investigate if we can get better. I think there's something we'll do over a time period, but it may not be signing Trey Turner for the type of dollars we talked about last year. Yeah. So keeping this, keeping things mostly status quo, letting the young players get a chance to prove themselves. Kirkering will step in and probably eat a lot of those Kimbrel innings. Yep. But like I think you it said, takes the young arm that can take it. Like you said, they ain't done yet. So I expect some moves, but the Sotos, the Shohei's, Thank God, not the Blake Snells. This shit um, was the other guy I'm thinking of. The Josh Haters. Those deals aren't coming for the Phillies, but that's fine. No. Yeah. All right. Move on. There's not much Phillies talk yet. Do the Flyers real quick. Flyers on low. Yeah. yeah. Touching them for a couple minutes here. Uh, yeah. Staying, staying good. Staying hot. Back to back wins against the Penguins. Yeah, the Penguins, Penguins look ass. Yeah, yeah. they look pretty ass. That's like that whole rivalry is kind of uh, not really existent anymore because both the both teams are kind of bad. They're yeah. headed in opposite directions. Yeah, it's kind of but fun yeah, to the see. Flyers are kind of on the up and up, and the 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 Penguins are dwindling down. Those games are still fun though. They beat up on a rivalry. Oh, it's team always fun sucks, to beat the know? Penguins. Yeah. yeah, I mean, tanking be damned. Anytime you can beat a rival like the Penguins, I don't care. Yeah, man. it feels you good. You do that. You do that. And um, it is just refreshing to see Crosby starting to slow down. Malkin looks extremely slow. Oh, yeah. Old. And, um, I mean, Mike Sullivan's been there for a while. You can tell like, players are starting to – his messaging isn't starting – isn't getting to them the same way that it was five years ago. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, Trevor, to your point, that rivalry is kind of dead. But this is something fun I thought we could do. Eagles play the Cowboys, right? Flyers just played the Penguins and swept their ass into home and home. And we got the Sixers played the Celtics on Friday. Every team that's active played their rivals. Power rank them from uh, most or least hated to most hated. Top three rivals of Philly sports teams. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. You you go first. You do it. All right. So first... This rivalry hasn't really been much of a thing lately, but so I'm going to go Phillies-Mets. I mean, when the Phillies and Mets are both very good, the rivalry is very intense. But right now, I don't really have a lot of disdain for Mets fans. I mean, the Mets aren't very good. When the Mets were good in the mid-2010s, we weren't very good. But at the same time, there is nothing more annoying than when you watch a Phillies game on TV when they're playing the Mets at CBP. Oh, yeah. Or you go to the game. Yeah. And there's a bunch of Mets fans there. And they just take over our stadium, being all obnoxious. I brought up on the pod many moons ago, the Bin Laden game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, seeing all those fights break out, that was intense. I mean, it's always been intense. I remember going to those games when I was like 16, 17 mm-hmm. years old. And like tailgating, seeing Mets fans, and Mets fans are talking shit to me. It's like, dude, I'm 17. I'm drinking illegally. Don't be fighting me. Oh, yeah. It's like you're barking up the wrong tree. You're trying to go to jail for this. But, uh, yeah, I'd put the Mets three. Two, I'm going to put the Pittsburgh Penguins. I've always had a disdain for Crosby. He looks like a rat. Pittsburgh, I mean, even thinking back to when I was growing up, they had Lemieux and Yager. They've always just had these players, which 
tip my hat to Lemieux. T- certainly tip my hat to Yager. Hell yeah. But uh, they've just always had these just trans, 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 transcendent. transcendent, transcendent talents. And sure, the Flyers, <laughs> they we had our share in the mid-90s. We never had our Crosby or our Malkin. Drew and Coots are very good, but we're never quite on that level. Was just always jealous of them. They would beat our asses a lot in the playoffs, but we would beat them too. That 2012 series. Yeah. But then that series where we went to the game where Katori tore his L- <laughs> yeah. ACL and had a hat trick in the pouring down rain on Easter. That was depressing. But um, their fans are also very obnoxious. Pittsburgh is also kind of, I like Pittsburgh as a city, but it's mid as far as Midwest cities go, in my opinion. That'll so, time. number two. Number one, gotta be the Cowboys. Yeah. Gotta be the Cowboys. They're fans that live <clears throat> in and around the tri-state area. For whatever reason, are Cowboys fans, even though they haven't won anything since the 90s, anytime their team's halfway decent, come crawling out of the woodwork like a bunch of cockroaches, ready to act like they've been good. Miss me with that. Y'all been asked for 25 years? I mean, the Eagles have won as many Super Bowls in the last 25 years as you won playoff games. So you can go home, (laughs) even if you beat us this Sunday, still don't feel... Any type of way about y'all other than you're very annoying, you suck. And even if you win the division, you ain't going anywhere in the playoffs. So that that's my rankings. I, I like that ranking. I think we're doing top three. I think um, three was spot on. I think with the Mets and the Phillies, I think that's always a hated rivalry. Uh, just Especially as that New York and Philadelphia connection too. I think rivalries have to deal with local teams as well because the fans are a lot closer to that as well philadelphia new york have had a rivalry just in general number two i'm gonna say actually nah number two i'm gonna put sixers and celtics i consider i think that that is a huge especially lately yeah i think also like in our lifetime like boston and this like it that has been our complete kryptonite when it comes to sixers going anywhere in an era of them being good where early 2000s, sure, the Lakers were all this other shit, but like of late now, like our, like the era that we're in right now with them beating all that, um, it's just, it's so much. Even regular season games, I hate watching them play Boston and I hate watching them lose to Boston. Something about it. So I hate the city when we play. I hate all well, the Boston's at all the, the city's ass. You compound the whole winning, just the winning culture they have up there and all the fucking snobbiness they have and all everything else they have up there. The like, racism. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, so I'm going to say Celtics and Sixers are huge. Every time there has to be a big win, it seems as though they just keep owning us. And we haven't really been the, the top dogs of that rivalry yet. So it makes it even more so like that underdog mentality of like, damn, I just fucking hate them even more. You know, like when you get that win, it just feels that much sweeter. Even if it is regular season, you know what I mean? You get that buzzer beater win in the eighth game of the season. It's like, ha yeah, fuck Boston. For that little day, you feel a little bit better that day. Yeah. Um, number one is really tough for me because I feel like. My gut wants to say Dallas, but I will say this. Uh, having spent many of Sundays at the link, um, and even the vet as a young buck, I will say it's got to be the Giants for I, me. I had a feeling you were going to yeah, say the Giants. Yeah, I don't know. Something about it's the fans too because, like, I will say this. Even, like, now Dallas fans are just soft as shit, so they don't really give you that – like, they – they don't understand how much we hate them. We know that we hate That's Dallas. True. I hate Dallas for the love of me. But I will say, if you want an actual, you want to feel the hate back, 
it's the Giants, and I'm talking like Eli Manning. They those games were the best, and I remember games before where like you would have Barber out there running all over us and shit like that against Westbrook and Barber, Eli Manning versus McNabb. I mean, great defenses. Austin Yuminura, Michael Strahan versus you had Strahan uh, versus John Runyon. You had Brian Dawkins out there. Like it was. Those were yeah that that yeah, Jeremy Shockey that guy was yeah. hateable as hell dirty as shit and yeah. the fans always look like white trash like they're just the dirtiest they're not even New Yorkers they're like North Jersey people like just looking shitty as fuck <laughs> coming out there with their shit thinking that they're from New York but they're really not like they're just from Jersey it's okay you're not quite from Philly you're not quite from New York you're just from Jersey as a sports fan not as people obviously love New Jersey not knocking <laughs> that but you know I mean it's just that funny robbery that way and there's been so many sweet games that i've seen that we just and there's been i feel like a lot more meaningful games late in the season even now when the giants are ass they always have a giants game whether it's around christmas or end of the year shout out to sean jackson who just retired as an eagle officially that game arguably one of the best games i've ever seen in my life when we came back and he had that punt return for a touchdown against the giants like there's been Miracle of the Meadowland three times. You have Jackson, Westbrook, Todd, uh, what's it called? Uh, Herman Edwards, the yeah. original one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been so many more impactful games that way. So I think number one for me is Eagles Giants. I had a feeling you'd say that. Uh, I guess three for me would be um, probably Phillies Mets. Um, number two. Uh, two, I'll go. I'll go Eagles, Dallas, and one, I'll I'll, I'll go uh, uh, Penguins. Hell yeah. Hell yeah! Yep. Yeah. Just like I, I think I think for me it's just because we've seen the Penguins in the playoffs so much. Yeah. As opposed to some of those other rivalries, and like, yeah, the, the like you mentioned before that 2012 playoff series, one of the best playoff series I've ever seen in my life. Um, and even before that, in the regular season, leading up to that, like there was that line brawl. Uh, I think that was maybe in the game where like Hartnell was famous for doing little like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. was that a Hulk Hogan thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Um, yeah, j- just like everyone hated each other. Like the coaches hated yeah. each other. Like mm-hmm. there, I mean, that one game. In the regular season, where they had that crazy brawl, you had like Pierre Laviolette getting They're up, like, standing up on the bench, yeah. yelling at each other. Yep. Like it was yep. insane. Um, yeah, and then just like the wild, one of the wildest playoff series I've ever seen. Like, uh, like there was one game I think where like Giroux and Couturier both had hat tricks or something, and then there was a game where like the Penguins came back and scored like eight goals. It was, like, oh, got I remember blown that. Out yeah, yeah, that yeah. One. It was just like absolute like insanity like no one no one could play defense like that was back when we still had brisgalov he was like oh yeah oh he was Nothing all in his own head bear in yeah. woods you're like what the fuck but, does like, that mean uh, mark andre Fleury was also playing really bad it was just like a slop just like a messy just intense like fucking like balls to the wall series so that for me kind of cemented that like yeah <laughs> like i hate the penguins more than anybody and, yeah, that, um, that did really intensify the rivalry for the, most of the 2010s. Yeah. All right, well, that was a fun little exercise. We'll have to power rank our, our Midwest cities. It's like, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do some more power <laughs> rankings. But uh, that's about it as far as the Flyers are concerned. Yeah, I guess kind of up against it here, but we can 
talk real quick about the Sixers. Yeah, that uh, Celtics game was hilarious. Celtics dude. game was hilarious. Yeah. What, that was I a mean, phenomenal game. Even, even ex- though we lost, that yeah. was hilarious. I was expecting to just like watch the first quarter and be like, all right, enough of this or whatever. But um, yeah, uh, it was worth watching up right up until like I don't know, it was like halfway through the fourth where it kind of got away from him, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, they were holding it down. Pat yeah. Bev had what, like twenty six <clears throat> points or yeah, something. Yeah, he was cooking. That was the quintessential Pat Bev game. That's why you get Pat Bev. That's why I've been about Pat Bev for five mm-hmm. years, dude. He was just hooping. He didn't think anything of it. He figured Maxie's out, Joel's out, Ubre's out, Batum's out. I'm here to get buckets. <laughs> And he was getting buckets. Yeah. He took Horford to school a few times. Mm-hmm. He, and of course, it's Horford. Pat Bev knows. Probably, he probably, he's ingrained enough in the city that he knows we all hate Horford. So he probably took a personal. was like, this is for the city. Hell yeah. I'm well, going to do this for the city. And on his podcast, too, he's like, people have been telling me throughout my career, like, man, you should end up in Philly one day. Like, I've been you saying would, this for yeah, years. And yes, I, sir. I, I, you've been on that, that train for a while, but it's funny that he's like, yeah, people tell me for like really a lot of my career that I should just land in Philly at one point, and like you know what I did, and honestly, they're like one and the same. It's amazing, yeah. and it was great to see him go out there and play. And I don't like saying this a lot, but like that was a good loss. Like they didn't, I yeah. put it on yeah. like as for background, but then like when it came to halftime, I'm like, right, this actually is not a bad game right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, and they, Jason Tatum ejected. That was fun. Yeah, that yeah. was so funny, dude. I mean, that was a Jaylen great game. Jalen Brown looked like shit. Yeah. B-Ball Paul took Horford to school a couple he times. He was cussing yeah. a little bit, too, a little bit. So it was good to see. I mean, it was a good game. Um, I think, too, like it helped the, the young guys, too, to see, like help Nick Nurse to see, okay, what well, we got. We're going to see this team later in the year, potentially in the playoffs. Let's see what these young bucks got. And they played their ass off, and they played well. Yeah. They didn't really get in foul trouble in terrible times. Obviously, second half, fourth quarter slipped up a little bit, but you're playing Boston in ball, like it's going to happen. Yeah, but the, the I refs think are they, gonna blow some whistles. they really held their own for a majority of that game, and that was good to see. It almost was like it was frustrating to Boston Celtics because like they yeah they should have blown us out. Yeah, and I thought they were. They going were to. only really out uh, Porzingis. They had everybody else there yeah. for most part. Um, I mean. They kind of kept uh, Drew Holiday kind of quiet, too. I think he had less than 24 points, which was impressive. Yeah, Jalen Brown had a bad game. Yeah. and Horford. We exposed Horford, man. Yeah, he still had his three or four threes, whatever. But, like, I tell you what, that team played scrappy ball with really nobody out there. I mean, that was half that starting yeah, they, offense they was their like bench. they played, eight or nine players the whole game. Half that starting offense was their bench. So, yeah. like, when you saw the bench come out, I'm like, damn, we got to see what's happening up. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Melton looked good too. Yeah, Melton looked great yeah. until he fouled out. Yeah, he yeah. was playing great. Um, the thing I really liked about the game, you alluded to this when you said they'll see them in the playoffs, is that they, not that this is a secret to the NBA, but they exposed Horford in the sense that my man can't defend in space. No. You have Pat Bev cooking him, B ball Paul was cooking him. The, the problem the Sixers run into. With with Boston and particularly with Horford every year, is that MB just tries to the same old. I'm just gonna overpower him. I'm just gonna back him down. I'm just gonna face him up. It's like no, you need to get him moving in space on some pick and rolls and some pick and pops. Trip him up a little bit and, and make his old ass have to move around. B-ball Paul did that. Pat he Bev is a cement. That. He's a cement exactly. block and like MB plays. He plays into it. He plays like an old, I mean, not an old man, but he plays like old school ball. That way we're like, he'll go slow, fuck up a little bit. 
But ha- Horford is built for that. Like you said, you move around a little bit, he gets all, oh, oh, gets all goofy up there. Yeah, so I thought that that was enlightening to see. Hopefully the Sixers keep that in mind. They won't play Boston again until like February or March. Good. Because they played him so much already. But um, we'll see what happens in that, that series, the season series. It would be nice to tie the series so that any tiebreakers go beyond the head-to-head matchup. And I think it could. I mean, the Sixers, their schedule coming up is cake. Yeah. They don't play a winning team until December 22nd. They well, play seven to, games in a row against losing teams. It's good to ease Ubre back into that kind of schedule, too, because, you know, obviously he's back, but how how back is he, in a way, you know, from the injury of whatever happened? Um, <laughs> I'll give. To be determined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's good to see uh, Embiid coming back after being ill. I also think, you know, Maxi was out. They were both ill. Part of me felt as though, I will say about that Boston game, when they had like most guys that weren't starters in there, that like they kind of just rested guys that game. Where Oh, for sure. Maxley could have played. He, he I, was warming up. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that was a little bit of a, you know, whenever I see like ill on the on the ch- on the chart, I'm like, oh, you know, are they like, are they I mean, that To be sick? fair, you and I were both sick. Yeah, we were sick, sick last week. Something's going around. Yeah, well, I get what you're saying, though. I I'm get just what you're saying, saying my only point is that like, you know, I would like to think that maybe Nick Nurse is doing a little bit of that, and they're like, "All right, well, yeah, fine. Like, you sn- okay, fine. Like, sit out. Let's just see what we got. What's it's this early in the season, a win or a loss against Boston right now? Like, it's it's better to have a tough fought loss with your most of your backups than to have a hard fought loss with your starters in there because then they get all the defeated. People are like, "Oh, the Sixers can't beat Boston yeah. when they're healthy." Yeah, but you show some signs of life. You figure if you have Embiid and Maxi in there, you win that game. Yeah, they would have blown him out so, probably. Yeah. you know, you feel better that way going like, yeah, we could have fucked them up that game. Like, you got more coming out because they're probably using more shit to beat you than you are to beat them with backup. So, yeah. I like the little psychology of it. It fucked me up. I'm still messed up about it. It was, like I said, it was a fun game. Um, What other six notes I have? Embiid, 50 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 blocks. I didn't Pretty even, good. I didn't even Pretty really good. get that excited about it. That's an okay it. stat line. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. I was, I was more upset that the game was as close as it was last night. But yeah. I don't know. I was going to have a discussion about do we take him for granted, but I know we're up against it. Um, y'all got any other Sixers notes? I have a couple notes from what Dave was talking about last week. Uh, Not much. I think uh, they're in a prime position to make a good little run here. That's all I'll say. I yeah. think, like you said, seven losing teams can't get – too complacent with playing that when you see it on the stretch because people are going to play scrappy and want to beat you and all that. But I think that they have a good chance to, you know, this is the time to rack up them wins when they're easy presented to you. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat and give it a good shot to really good teams that you play. So just to take care of business these seven games. Yeah. Stay mm-hmm. healthy. Take care of business. Could end up in the one seed when this stretch is done. Yeah. They're doing that's, all right. That's my hope. But, uh, all right, so yeah, a couple notes, the notes I didn't get to. Um, I guess we'll hit on the Sixers one first. I had promised this Josh Harris rant for a while. <laughs> Dave kind of said a lot of what I was going to say, so shout out to Dave. Killed it. A couple things he did not mention, reasons why Josh Harris is an asshole. Y'all remember when the pandemic first started and Josh Harris was trying to cut people's pay? Like. Mm-hmm. People selling tickets and things like that. Like, just regular old staffers for the Sixers. He was trying to cut their pay. Uh, and yeah, he was I going to. That. 
until Embiid stepped up and was like, yeah, you know what? That's not fair. I'll pay you all salaries. Yeah. And then Josh Harris is like, oh, I can't have my millionaire player <laughs> yeah. show me up as a billionaire. Okay, that whole deal's off. Yeah, yeah. He's such a rich asshole, man. This one, y'all remember Hahnemann Hospital? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was a, he was part oh, owner of that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. Damn. Just let it go to shit. Sold it. Pandemic starts a few weeks or a few months later. We need more hospitals. Can't use Hahnemann. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. What a prick. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And then, this isn't as serious as the other two things, but it's more of a Sixers thing. Hiring Elton Brand instead mm. of hiring a real GM in that offseason. That was a weird move. Yeah. And letting us draft Mikal Bridges and trading him for Zaire Smith, who almost died from a sesame seed. Yeah. I mean, yeah he had was... a hand in that, dude. That wasn't Brett Brown, the GM. That was probably Josh Harris saying, yeah. Brett, this is what we need to do. Yeah. It's like, dude, stay out of your this business. Yeah. Go run a team and try to do it well instead of trying to buy multiple teams in the same division in the same region. He planted the seed on that one. He's an asshole, man. His entire tenure with the Sixers been marred with drama. Some of it's out of his control. The Colangelo thing. Oh. Well, I mean, those are some fun times. That, that's say. in his control, in the sense that he even have to let the NBA force Hinky out, bringing this Brian Colangelo. Then the whole thing backfired with this whole burner accounts. The burner accounts aren't his fault. That shit was hysterical, though. I will say that, that shit was, was wild, funny. dude. Yeah. That, that that shit. I mean, I will say not for nothing. That was great. That was good TV. That at least. was wild. What else has he done? Um, drafting Markel Fultz wasn't really his fault. The McCall Bridges thing I touched on. Um, this whole arena thing, y'all had a good conversation about it. I was going to say that malls are dead. Mm. Mean kids don't want to go to malls anymore. Why the city spent money revamping the gallery in 2019 is completely beyond me. I mean, certainly the pandemic didn't help, right? But Hell no. Yeah. Dude, Damn, that did suck. Kids ain't going to malls. Kids can play games online with each other. They're not going somewhere where society. And now kids can't go to malls. Yeah. Well, at least not that mall. Yeah, I mean, there's creepers out. There's people ODing on fentanyl on the streets. Yeah. Kids ain't going to no malls, dude. Hey, man, it builds character. It yeah. makes... <laughs> hey, maybe that's cooler. But, yo, I will say that the arcade round one, round one's banging, dude. That's what I'm saying. That shit's popping but off. It's got a great great arcade The in rest there. of the mall's ass. And, um, you know, I, you guys had this stadium conversation. I'm not going to have that. But, yeah. I mean, Dave said most of my Josh Harris stuff. I'm not going to piggyback off him too much. Those are just my opinions that he did not mention. <laughs> um, what else we got in here? Oh, I think this is the last couple of things. Y'all are talking about an Uncle Joe. You got an oh, Uncle yeah. Joe. Dave Multiple got an Uncle, Uncle Joe's. Joe. Trevor, you don't have one. No. Do you have an Uncle anything that begins with a J? John. Okay. Yeah, I got an Uncle James. Hmm. Don't have an Uncle Joe. So, not everyone has an Uncle Joe, even though that's what you all were saying. <laughs> Don't be over here fabricating things. Ah, time out now. <laughs> <laughs> Dave was saying everyone's got Uncle Joe. I was like, yeah, probably Uncle well, Joe. Well, Dave, don't be fabricating things. Yeah. We're giving, we're giving that statement five Pinocchios. Total lie. There's not everyone has an Uncle Joe. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, viewers, if you... Oh, you know what? I'm going to make this an Instagram poll. It should be a poll. I'm going to make this a poll on our Instagram and my personal. Do you got an Uncle Joe? 
We'll see what the results yeah, say next we'll week. Well, now, time out, though. I did think, though, he did say also an Uncle Joe or a Joe in the family at the end. I don't think I have a Joe in the family. If you look it back. Not that I'm aware of. Well, I'm just saying. I don't think I have a Joe. I got like eight Joes. I'll give you one. Okay, I'll take a Joe. <laughs> um, what else do I got? Oh, this is the last thing. Trevor, I'm glad you asked Dave if he had anything to plug. Dave, that was a weak plug, dude. One show. I know you'd be booking shows all day, every day. You could have mentioned, I got five shows lined up at these venues. One show. You got to do better next time. Weak sauce. And, Trevor, the one thing I asked you to ask him, you didn't even say. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I asked you to ask him the origin of him posting on Instagram with the uh, Bozo Clown Mask doing his predictions. I'm yeah. so curious of how that became oh, a thing. He didn't mention it too. But he didn't tell on. the origin because no. no one asked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know. I, you know, I, I mean, yeah, you didn't know it yet, but that's oh, why I said it in the, our, our group message, and it did not come up. So, Dave, next time we got to have you on when I'm here. You'll see how a podcast really runs on structure, <laughs> even though this episode is probably like two hours. We'll get the video running yeah, right through this time. But uh, yeah. we'll have you back on, and we'll get you to tell the story of the Bozo origin, and. uh that will do it for my notes. Y'all did okay without me? <laughs> yeah. Dave did, held it down. Yeah. Y'all two right. get about a six out of ten. Dave gets an eight. All right. Hey, uh, average I'll is take out six. To, better than a five. Average is out to a solid 7.5, That's six, a C. something like that. C's yeah, get degrees, baby. Uh, yeah. It's good enough for a community college. It's good enough for the Eagles offense performance. I'll yeah. take that. Uh, we hope so. <laughs> Fucking, uh, yeah, it's Sean McDermott. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know we're we're, uh, we're we got a lot of injuries this week. We're yeah. really depleted, and um, it's hard to complete the mission when you only have two guys on board. Yeah, not the third oh, guy. You needed the but, third terrorist. You, know, <laughs> you didn't have the third no, guy on board you know, the mission. But you know who did a lot with with a little was a man named Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he was just uh, living out in the little shack in the woods. He still managed to build all those bombs. <laughs> yeah. So there's no reason why we can't impressive. run in here and beat, and beat this Ravens team, yeah. <laughs> even though we're down uh, our, our, our top two corners. We just gotta start airing out bombs. <laughs> yeah. Not oh or ground, because UPS USPS does do ground delivery. Yeah, you could hit them with that. Hit anthrax. Hit with a ground bomb. Hit with it. Dude, over, hit them with that anthrax. That's top. that's playing the long game. Mm-hmm. This is before TikTok. <laughs> I'm talking. You know what I mean? It's out there. Yeah. Well, I guess that'll just about do it for us here tonight, everybody. Uh, please leave us a five-star uh, rating and review every your podcast. Give us a follow on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube. Send us an email at citywidepod at gmail.com. And from all of us here at the Citywide, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Peace. Fuck the Cowboys. <laughs>